Hey everyone, I just wanted to remind you about Youth Ministry Exchange. It is the online version of the National Youth Workers Convention uh, that is happening October 22nd and the 23rd. There are four main sessions, over 20 breakouts, live Q&A sessions, and four opportunities for virtual roundtable discussion with other people who are logged on for the conference. It is $150. However, thanks to Crystal Chang at Orange Students, when you register and use the promo code MAVERICK, you get $25 off your registration costs. So, head over to orangestudents.com or search for Youth Ministry Exchange. And when you register, use the promo code MAVERICK to get $25 off. This is well worth it, and I hope you will join me at the conference. You're listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding. What's shaking, everyone? This is Jeff. Welcome back to Youth Ministry Maverick. You're listening to episode 21, You Give and Take Away. When we sing that verse, in Blessed Be Your Name, written by Matt Redman, and we read about it in the book of Job when he loses everything. It's easy for us to read that and still believe that God is good because things are usually pretty good for us. Think about it. We have air conditioning, we have modern technology, and other amenities. However, during this time of COVID, uh, social isolation, economic hardship, I think many more of us now appreciate what it's like to endure ongoing hardship and are still called to believe that God is good, to trust that He is good, and to see where He is working for our good in our lives. My guest today uh, has quite a story over the last year and a half or two of his life, and we will talk about that. His name is Jeremy Carlton. Uh, Jeremy has been doing youth ministry for a good while now. Uh, I met him when I was a senior in high school when he came to be an intern at my home church. Uh, I was his intern twice at a few different churches in Florida, and we talk about uh, during the last year and a half or so where God has taken him, uh, how God has given and taken away things in his life, and where Jeremy had to trust even blindly when he thought God was not present or working uh, in his life, and how youth workers are called to do that themselves uh, when we talk about it all the time with our students. Do we practice what we preach? Do we have the faith that we encourage our students to have? So, let's go ahead and hop into that conversation with Jeremy. Jeremy, thanks for hopping on the podcast with me today, man. Uh, For those who might not know who you are, could you give us a little intro about you and what you're up to right now. Cool. Thanks, Jeff. First of all, thank you for having me on. I'm super stoked to uh, to connect with you a little bit. Um, we're old friends, and um, I'm super proud of you and everything that you're doing, and um, and really honored to be able to be here on your podcast. 
My name is Jeremy Carlton. I am the youth pastor at Anastasia Baptist Church in St. Augustine, Florida. <clears throat> it's kind of a new um, position for me. I've been here since July 1st, um, but I've been doing student ministry for the past probably 23 years in a lot of places um, from Arizona, where I got to know you, to doing some itinerant preaching, um, to Daytona and um, South Florida, where I've been the last 13 years, um, but now I'm back up here in, uh, in North Florida, um, ministering to students and, uh, and uh, taking charge, taking names, making things happen. Yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, I, I almost titled this episode, Praise You in the Storm, because of your ties to uh, casting crowns and all that. Uh, but I figured you, you give and take away uh, will be just as good. Uh, so as I mentioned in the intro, listeners will be talking about what it looks like for youth workers and pastors to handle adversity and difficult seasons of life themselves while teaching their students to trust God when they go through those times. Uh, the roller coaster ride of uncertainty in life is more than enough to remind us that knowing the quote-unquote right answers isn't enough. We have to put faith into action and lean hard into that faith when actions fail. Uh, so, Jamie, could you take us through a general timeline of the last two years or so? How were you having to step out in faith compared to more stable times in the past? Yeah, it's definitely been a uh, uh, an interesting ride over the last probably year and a half, really. Um, started about April, May um, of 2018. Um, we had gotten a new pastor at my church um, down in South Florida, and um, it just became pretty evident pretty quickly that um, I was not part of the uh, the plan moving forward. Um, um, since then, um, there have been uh, uh, several other staff members, almost all of them, that have also not been part of the, the plan moving forward. Um, so it wasn't just me, but I was one of the first. And I <clears throat> found myself in a position where I was like, all of a sudden needing to find a new position. And so that's what kind of started this difficult season of searching for uh, what God has for me next when I wasn't at a time that I wanted to search for what was next. I was looking for uh, any other position that I could do. I really had a strong call to ministry, but um, I, I, I love students. Um, but uh, I had a lot of people saying that they thought I should be a lead pastor. And so I started looking um, at family ministry roles, lead pastor roles, and, um, and student ministry roles, <clears throat> trying to find a good fit. All the while, I wanted to stay in South Florida, um, but then I started kind of looking anywhere. Um, it led me to a um, kind of a temporary position um, in, uh, at, a, at a church also in South Florida, but a little further away, so I had to commute. kind of realized that wasn't a great fit. Um, and so, uh, so I continued to kind of make my search, but even though the, the pastor knew that, um, that I was kind of looking because it was kind of temporary. We both knew it was going to be temporary that, that I was going to be helping him and he was going to be, uh, you know, it was continuing to look for, for something else. And, um, uh, during that time, um, they had some, some, some issues as well and kind of brought a short end to the, um, 
to the, that position. It's, it's just so many things that I, I want to be respectful of, sure, of, sure. of the church and what they're going through and the leaders that are there and stuff and say things well, but not, you know, I, <clears throat> cause I want to be respectful of them and not, not, I don't want to put anything, anybody down or anything, but so that's why it's, it's kind of difficult or, you know, when you're in church sure. to, to, to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it can be taken so many different ways when all of a sudden you're just hearing kind of just a snippet of it. But, um, but it came as a surprise to me that at, at that time on December 9th, that uh, I was, that they were going to be letting me go at the end of December. So this is the end of December of um, 2019. Um, so, but right before that, on November 21st, of uh, 2019, I, uh, we were at the house. It was, you know, we had already done bedtime. Um, that, that day was shepherd's birthday and, um, and we had lit a candle in the bathroom and we put all the kids to bed and, um, I kind of just laid my, laid my eyes down for just a little bit and, um, woke up and the, the bathroom was on fire. Um, and so the, I, it was, it, it had only been burning long enough so that I was still able to put it out, put it out with the fire extinguisher. Um, but the smoke went throughout the whole house. Um, and, um, a long story short, it was, the fire was small enough that everybody was okay, but it was big enough so that there was a hundred percent damage in the house. Mm. So that led us to a huge, um, insurance claim where we had to um, live in a hotel for, um, several months. Um, while we um, didn't have a, a, a job and I started doing everything that I could to earn any kind of money for my family. So in a place where um, I had been stable with my family for the last 13 years, we all of a sudden found ourselves house fire, no job. And um, I'm working um, jobs like uh, I was installing audio equipment into Orange Theory Fitness gyms and I was um, working with another guy painting houses and doing um, odd jobs that, uh, with this guy that was kind of like a, a handyman renovation guy. Um, and then also managing the re-renovation of our, of our house after it had been burned up and the, the claim that that came with. <clears throat> and, um, and, then one, and then also trying to keep my, my head and my heart in ministry, see what was going to happen next. So it was kind of a, a – and then – as many people have have uh, the, their story, and then COVID hit. <laughs> That's right. And then COVID hit. That's in, right. In March um, of uh, 2020. So you, yeah. Um, so um, when when COVID hit, you know you you can't go into the Orange Theory Fitness gyms anymore, and um, you can't uh, you can't. There, there. I had I had nothing. All of my stuff that I had done, all of the I, I had done photography. Um, as well for with my with the side business that I had um, and uh, with real estate and um, that all just kind of came to a screeching halt. So here I am uh, had been in a very very stable place for so long. We had house fire, lost a you know the job at the church I loved it was also really hard because the church that I loved for 13 years um, I wasn't able to go and be around those people um, and so uh, they really ministered to me in a, in an awesome way. So my church family was was an incredible encouragement, but through that I was just questioning, um, what do you want for my life, God? Um, what's next? Am I ever going to get into ministry again? Um, it's really hard as a forty some odd year old dude um, to get a job as a lead pastor if you don't have any experience as a lead pastor. 
it's really hard for a, um, a guy with a full family to um, provide for your family on a youth pastor salary because usually that's an entry-level position into ministry. Um, and so all of those things were, are, am, I, am I past my prime and I'm done? Or is it ever going to happen again? And so kind of that was the, um, the, the season that I was in. And then fast forward a little bit because it's the, the last you know, year and a half of my life. <clears throat> it um, really was um, a, a very God-directed timing um, where uh, the, the, a student ministry that I submitted my resume to, um, after COVID got through a little bit, they started to kind of re-meet with their, with their youth pastor search team. We met some on zoom, um, did a couple of fairly distanced, um, interviews and it like, it happened like clockwork where the, the relationships were, were, um, were clicking. The chemistry was good. And in, it was just like, wham, it all of a sudden just changed. Um, where, um, and it was like, it was like, I couldn't stop it. It was like, totally was really God. And, um, and it was just like door after door, which is open, 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 boom. And we're, um, and so we're here at uh, Anastasia Baptist church in an awesome situation, um, do, ministering to an awesome youth group with awesome leaders and a great pastor and, um, and just a really, really sweet church family. So we're really stoked to be here. And so that's kind of, uh, you know, at this point in your podcast, you're getting to see, kind of the end result rather than I'm like, like still in it, you know? So yeah, that's a little bit of my last year and a half. Yeah. So really you had nothing going on. It was all just normal. And <laughs> yeah. 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 Same old, same old. yeah. Same old, same old. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. When, when, when COVID hit, everything else hit the fan. So yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it has thrown everyone for a loop, but you had stuff, big stuff leading up to that. And so, oh yeah to have COVID as, as part of it. And, you know, in several years, we are going to hear tons of stories from people about what happened when, when COVID hit and how it changed things. But you had that, that was only like half of your story. You had right. big stuff in the beginning that was leading up to that. That was not right. a real situation. And okay, I have these odd jobs and I guess I can provide, but now I can't even go do that because of COVID. So, wow, that is that is quite a season of life, not just ministry, but of life. Um, so one of the most common responses to hardship that we hear from students uh, are phrases like, I don't hear or see God at work, or God's not listening, God doesn't care about me or what I'm going through. And I've been thinking uh, lately more about patience, uh, which makes sense in the pandemic world that we live in. Uh, and I've heard uh, people laugh when others pray for patience because they say it's dangerous to ask for it. They say God will now give you several opportunities to be patient. Um, but opportunities aren't usually what we ask for. We usually want the ability. We want an event or circumstance to simply happen. So not only is our timing not God's timing, but our solutions usually aren't his solutions. Um, and it's easier to pray for give me the ability to do this instead of give me an opportunity to try and work that out. Right. Um, so Jeremy, what did you find yourself praying for and asking for throughout the last year and a half? Um, how did you see God responding with 
uh, answering yes, no. Uh, and you kind of talked about that with the open doors, but where did you see God answering and maybe even giving you opportunities instead of abilities? Yeah. So, um, I was very, very much in that uh, position where I just literally did not feel God working. Yeah. Um, And that's when the um, song Waymaker got really kind of popular too. Um, It was getting popular. And I I think that it's popular. I think it's being received well. And that is because there's a lot of people going through hard situations. Mm -hmm. Um, And and in the song, it says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Um, even when I don't feel it, you're working. You're always working. You're always working. Right. And I would sing that. And I was like, I don't know that I believe that because it really, because I really don't feel like you're working. So I actually got into the word and I started looking like, how do we know that God truly, it, are there times when God isn't working? When God isn't doing something in your life? Are there times when God is just removed? And I really started to search, and there's not really actually a scripture that says God is always working around you, um, like the Henry Blackaby thing, you know, that says God is always working around you, look around and join him. But it does talk about, it implies that in the fact that um, God is God is moving, and God has a plan, and um, God uses all things, uh, works all things together for good. And so if he's working all things together for good, then every little thing must be something that he's doing. So there's not actually a verse that says, God is always working, um, or even when I don't see it, He's working. But it, it's implied in a lot of things, and that was um, very. And it became to where I could say, God, I don't feel it, but I trust it. Hmm. I don't feel like you're doing anything because I didn't have a church home. When you, as a pastor, when you get let go from your church, and you're still in the same town, all the people that are my church family are all there. Yeah. But as the past, as a pastor, I'm like, okay, I, I'm, I'm not, I, it would be more disruptive for me to go to the church too. So yeah, I, I, I literally missed everybody and I didn't feel like God was working and something where my, my job is like taking phone calls and ministering and, and, and going to hospital visits and, and calling people when they're in tough, in tough situations. And those phone calls aren't coming through anymore. I don't feel like God is working. And so one of the so one of the things that added to that was that I was applying for jobs everywhere, all over the place, in places that I thought that I could minister in, in in places where I thought I could be a good fit, um, in churches that I, I felt like I would could connect with their with their model or their um, or their you know culture. And so, and I was applying at as youth pastor, family pastor, um, lead pastor. And, um, there was, um, I'll just say there was church after church after church that said no after no after no. Some might go down the path, um, longer than others. Sometimes uh, one, uh, several, I got to where I was one of the last two or three guys. So it would really like ramp up to a, a climax, a point, and then it just dropped me. And it was like, um, and so I didn't even feel like God was moving in the job search. It was just like, no, after no, after no, after no. And um, that's how God was answering my prayers. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. 
like, this is not a time for you. This is not a time for you. And I was just like, is it a time for me to get out of ministry? I've always had a very strong call to ministry. And I thought, am I going to be installing audio for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Um, am I going to be doing photography for the rest of my life? Do I need to get into real estate? Do I need to get into, you know, marketing or something else like that? And I'm just like, I, I just had to keep applying, but I just kept getting these no's. And so I would sing like, even when I don't feel it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. You're always working. You're always working. And I would just be bawling, crying, feeling like God was just like forsaking me. I really felt Dang. like he was saying no everywhere. And he was. And, um, but he, but I also felt like he was carrying me through it Hmm. because there were times when I didn't have a job. I didn't have something coming through and then a check would come in the mail. Somebody from my old church, my old church family would say, Jerry, what's your address? And then, and I would tell them, Hey, you're going to come by and visit. And they, and then just like a check would show up and God met our needs. It was straight up like, um, like daily bread, straight up like manna in the wilderness. Um, there were a lot of days, this was kind of my pattern. On a Sunday, um, people say, hey, let's do something this week. What's your, what's your schedule look like? And I would say, I literally have nothing. And then Monday, the phone would start ringing. And then my schedule would get filled up with jobs. And it was like God said, I'm not going to let you know two weeks in advance, but I'll let you know two days in advance yeah. where it's coming from. And so I, I literally felt like God was carrying me, providing for me, speaking to me, uh, working in my heart. but I just didn't know how he was working. Now I look back and it was, um, that's where a lot of my, my, um, my heart comes from for preaching in this next season from experiencing that in the last season. But, but, um, uh, so yeah, it seems like there was something else I was going to say about, um, where he was, how he was working. Yeah. So I got no after no after no until then I got a yes. And then it was like, you can't turn the faucet off. Yeah. And it was like, it was totally, totally God working. So yeah. Yeah. Very cool, man. Uh, Yes. Several things in there definitely resonate uh, with me and certainly any youth workers, especially if you're a vocational youth pastor. Um, When you leave your job or lose your job, you lose way more than just income or job. It is essentially your life. It's your church family. It's all your connections and friends. And yeah, you know, they can remain friends. It's just a little more difficult maybe to maintain that because you don't see them as often or you're in a different position now. Um, and it's, it's just different, man. It's, it's just different. And so it's not like any, any other job. And so that right. is a really heart-wrenching thing. It's a paradigm shift whenever you change jobs, right? And that's yep. not the case for um, other, other positions and other careers. Um, and, uh, you know, the um, more I've thought about um, patience and opportunities and, you know, obviously I got the uh, title of this episode from the book of Job. Uh, and we're going to talk about him in a second, but uh, you know, just um, thinking about opportunities that, that God gives us. And that's something that, you know, I, I tell my students and I'm, I'm, I'm sure you do too. It's like, you know, God is at work around you, but if your blinders are on kind of like a horse and you're looking at this one thing, you're like, God's not answering, God's not answering and kind of take those blinders off. You see, oh, but wait a minute, you know, God's right. working in this person's life and I can encourage them or they're going through something that I went through 
or they want something that I'm going through now, maybe they can help me. And there's a lot working around us. And I think the biggest opportunity, if you will, instead of ability that God gives us is to exercise our faith, right? Kind of like you, you mentioned, like I'm singing this, I'm frightened, I'm scared, I'm frustrated, but I'm going to trust that you're working, even though all signs point to no, you're, you're not working or you're just shutting down everything I'm trying to do as I seek you in it. And, right. um, you know, there's, there's no amount of ministry hours or seminary, seminary classes that can say, you know what, I am perfectly stable in my faith all the time and everything's good. It's like, you know, we can trust God, but, you know, we are humans with real emotions and we need to experience that because to sh- shut off your feelings is to not be human, right? We are made right. that that way. And while we're trying to guide students to, hey, you know, here's what scripture says, which is truth and, you know, s- seek God here and do that and just, you know, wait on his timing. Um, it's always easier to say something than to do something. But, um, you know, I feel like that is a very hard thing um, for people in ministry when they say, students or people in my congregation look for where God's working, see how he's doing this. And at the same time, feeling like God is empty. God is like right. not even present in what's going on in your life. Sometimes um, I think that you got to um, open your eyes a little bit more to see yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and that's what one thing I was going to mention earlier is that um, is as God started carrying me through it, um, I had, I literally was, oh, I had my eyes open. I was, I was looking for anything. And I look back now and I can see how he ministered to me, how he brought this person into my life. And one of those is a guy that um, you and I know pretty well. His name is Scott Savage. Yeah. It seemed like um, this, his passages, his, his sermons just hit me right where I was. Um, he did this pat this this series called uh, something like in the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. it was like while I was in the wilderness, and it was like God brought that for me at that moment in time. One thing that just really really hit me <clears throat> was he talked about how in the um there was the intertestamental period when there was no word from the Lord, and mm-hmm. then it says something like when the time was full, then he brought you know Jesus as the Messiah when the time was full was not when the time was right. When it's not was when the time had come, it was not like a linear time. Now it is, but it says something like when the time was full and the idea that God's timing is outside of our linear timing. And it was when the time was full, he'll provide, he'll give you the next step, the next stage, whatever it is for you. And so what I, as, as Scott preached that and he was talking about in the wilderness as ministered to me, it gave me the opportunity to, um, to trust God's timing. And that why I thought, God, it would have been great if I had something lined up here this time or in this time or, or somewhere along the linear pathway that looked right, but the timing wasn't full. And at this point now, when I look back, um, I actually kind of see it that Anastasia wasn't quite ready for me yet. Hmm. And so, so here I am at this place where it's, where, where, where God has now moved and here I'm moved and I'm in the spot, but the timing wasn't full in that they weren't ready for me. And he was carrying me to get me to that point. And when the timing was full, he made his move. 
And so uh, it was such a beautiful thing for the, for God's timing and how he actually was moving, how he actually was working. There were a lot of variables going on instead of just my life, which this, uh, the blinders were me seeing my life mm-hmm. and with the blinders off, you know, I was able to um, see um, what God was doing and trust him. Yeah. I love that, man. Yeah. It's, I love that word and that, and that thought because when it's full, it's complete, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe it's not right. And, and when we think about and we read scripture about God's timing and working for our good, we see that and we're like, yeah, because initially we're thinking that word good is how I define it. It's not how, mm-hmm. you know, God defines it. And God, you know, outside of time and space can really see everything. That's a big reason why he's omnipresent. And to see everything, and when the time is full, when it's complete, when it's like, okay, the good and best next step is for this to happen. And as you described, you know, uh, your church that you're at now and where you were, you were both kind of journeying to that same spot, but you didn't see that. You didn't recognize that. Um, And for God to make that evident after the fact um, is just more reason to celebrate, more reason to praise him, more reason just to be grateful for, man, I'm so glad that I'm not in control because when I get a bunch of no's, I think I have to work harder instead of I have to trust more. Right. uh, You know, that's a very natural thing for us to want to do. And it's a natural thing for students to to want to do. And so when we guide them toward you know, trusting God. And yeah, I know the last five answers were, were no, or I know the last seven colleges that you applied to, even though you have a great resume and grades, and everything said no, but you know, just, just wait and God will provide that time. You know, uh, before I came to seminary here in Dallas, um, you know, I just graduated college. I just, um, I had done three internships, two of them were with you in, in Florida. Woo-hoo. And I thought, you know, um, I have a decent amount of experience and in internships and everything. I think I can get, you know, a, a part-time gig or like a, a first-time gig. And, you know, I was applying to these churches and I thought, you know, I do want to go to seminary eventually, but I don't know when that's going to be. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just, we'll, we'll see what happens. And the more I got into those processes of the job searches and the interviews, I'm like, you know, God, if, if you want me to pursue seminary and really go this other route first you know i pray that you just really make that clear and take my ego out of it instead of oh i get a job and so i'm going to hop on that just make it clear and i was in different spots within those interviews i was two weeks into one i was a month and a half into the other all different spots they all called on the same day within a few hours and said no so (laughs) so i I, after that third call i'm kind of like Loud and clear. Okay. So I packed up and yeah. moved to Dallas. And, you know, um, we don't always get a crystal clear thing like that. Things aren't always, uh, well, the door was open, so God was doing it, you know. Um, and so I referenced Job earlier. So when, so we see how God answers when Job asks him why he would allow terrible things to happen. And God answers by talking about his own might, his eternal mm-hmm. scope, his holiness, God could have very well left Job in the state he was in, but he restores him in the end. And there are lots of people who don't have that ending of a nicely tied bow. They don't have an Anastasia Baptist church, at least that they can see yet, right? Right. Suffering and ruin often serve as the breaking point and people 
live the rest of our lives in anger and sadness toward God. Uh, so, Jeremy, how can we as youth workers, as youth pastors, remain steadfast and point others toward the God that loved and was faithful to us first without shunning the depth of natural feelings that accompany hardship? Um, that's a great that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> I think that um, God's goodness is not dependent on our situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you need to know that in your heart so that when bad things happen, it is does it does not change God's goodness. And so you need to trust that truth then instead of um, just look at your experience and and uh, determine who God is based on your experience. We need to determine our experience based on who God is. Yeah. Um, and so um, I knew that um, when the when the difficult things were happening. Now, my situation was not that bad. I mean, people look at it and they're like, oh, wow, house burned up, living in a hotel, lost your job. Those are pretty big things. We're all healthy. We didn't miss a single meal. You know, nobody was persecuted like we got their head cut off, heads cut off. No families were bombed. No, I mean, there's people around the world. You know, it was legal for us to be Christian, you know. So, I mean, it wasn't that bad. But when things are that bad, unexplained tragedy, when there's, you know, people who, um, somebody, somebody dies in your family completely out of the blue, car accidents. Somebody gets hit by a drunk driver and, and, uh, uh, and the, the drunk driver lives, but your, your 15-year-old daughter I mean, dies, you know, that's, that can get really, really hard. So when you're sitting there saying, okay, I'm, I'm evaluating God based on a job lost and, you know, a a little fire and a couple of things, you know, that was not that bad, but this, so it's easy for me to say, oh, God is still good. Even when things are bad, when things are really bad, I mean, like rock your world, like kind of just like wretch your soul kind of bad. Then it's a little harder to say God is still good when things are bad for <clears throat> yeah, definitely. But but, mm-hmm. but that's when that's when that example of Job is there. He had it pretty much as bad as anybody could. You know, his own physical body was was in in boils and in and in leprosy. His he lost his family, he lost everything he had. He literally lost everything he's had. So everything he had. So his friends said, "Curse God and die." Um and he said, "Um I I came in this world with nothing. I'm going to leave with nothing. Um the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord." There that is. God is good no matter what your situation is. And that is the truth. Anything else is a distortion of the truth. Anything else is either ignorance or misunderstanding. And so we got to stand on what's truth instead of putting your faith in something that's a, a misunderstanding of it. So one thing that really carried me through it was when things got bad for me, I made a special effort to open my eyes and listen to the Lord by reading his word, reading his word more than I ever had as a pastor, because I had a lot more time. Um, So I just, I went to the word and I was just like letting God speak to me through these times, letting God minister to my heart through these times. I was literally able to draw in so that I can be in a position to hear the truth 
rather than focusing on my situation. So if people are going, you know, you kind of ask for like advice for what to, how, how to do that. I'd say if things are going bad, if things are really tough, if you really find yourself questioning what God is doing, you got to get into his word. That's like the, the, the one way that you can explicitly hear from the Lord on, on who he is, how he works, what he wants for you. And man, some of the things God spoke to me were just super powerful, super powerful. So um, get in the word, saturate your mind and your heart with truth. That way it'll help to um, press out the, the distortions of that truth. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, you, you said something that uh, uh, I latched on to, and I think um, it, it might have to do with uh, when I had Scott uh, on the podcast, we talked about burnout and, and cynicism and where we find our hope. And, you know, especially in this time of, of pandemic and loneliness and how um, the uh, Barna group and, and some others are predicting, you know, there, there might be uh, a semi mass exodus of pastors after this because everyone's just burned out and worn out from trying to do ministry in, in COVID. And uh, when you said that you've been able to be in the word more than when you were a pastor, you know, I wonder if maybe a big reason why our souls are where they're at and why we're feeling burned out and depressed is because we don't prioritize that as much as we should. Now, there's a lot to go into being a pastor. You know, it's a, a 40-hour job that you get paid for for who knows how many hours you're actually working. It's basically a 24-7 job. And so to be able to say, you know what, um, maybe I can't uh, read or do all these things as much as I should, but at the very least, um, we need to carve out margin and pockets to where we are in the word, where we are with friends, uh, getting soul care and remembering that this position that we're in is a gift from God to be used by him, not a position for me to be dominant and exert my ego, right? Yeah. Like I need to be a servant at all times and be grateful for this uh, opportunity that, that he gave me and to be a good steward of it. And when we think about where our source of life and truth comes from and to be rooted in the word more, um, you know, uh, I just started with the National Network of Youth Ministries and, and, and their big thing is to try and get youth pastors around the whole nation into small local groups with other youth pastors where you can just pray for one another, have some camaraderie, but also like be able to help and encourage one another and really to keep each other from going down those, those dark paths. At least if you go down them, you're not um, alone. And Mm -hmm. that, that, and that really helps with longevity in in ministry because man, we need um, a lot of encouragement ourselves as we are the ones who are uh, trying to encourage others. Uh, Henry Nowen in his book, In In the Name of Jesus, which if you are in ministry leadership, you need to read that book. It's a small, short book. Um, My favorite kind. Yeah. And uh, he uh, wrote it after he uh, went from a time of being a pastor in a church and a professor um, and went and lived in and worked with um, people in a special needs home up in Canada. And that totally reoriented his perspective on leaders and Christian pastors and everything and how, you know, the, the irony is that we are broken people 
God is using to minister to broken people. You know, it's not our effort. It's not our gifts and abilities. Our gifts and abilities are gifts from God to, for the benefit of the church, not just for our right. own profit. Right. And so, um, you know, when, when Job was asking God those things and he kind of like Jesus, you know, wasn't really directly answering that, 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 that question, but he was speaking truth. Um, it's like, uh, kind of like you said, like we need to trust and know and stand on truth, right? Saturate ourselves in, in truth, mm-hmm. kind of like you said. And, you know, uh, a big thing that uh, I think about, you know, when, when you brought up persecution um, around the world, you know, no one want, wants to be a martyr. <laughs> no one wants to be that person on the news who's, you know, getting persecuted and, and everything. But, you know, God really never promises us safety. He just promises us his presence and being with him. And um, there's a lot of things that we put ahead of that. But man, we can stand on that. And that is what gives us hope, not just for this life, but on an eternal scope. And um, even in hard times, we can bank on and know the creator of the universe is with me. He promised his presence with me and I can spend that eternity with him. And, you know, it's a broken world. It's a fallen creation. Bad things are going to happen. There are going to be fires. There'll be job losses. There'll be very tragic events. And it's natural and actually biologically needed for us to be able to mourn and go through those feelings. But, you know, kind of like you said, it goes back to where are you standing uh, on truth and what truth are you standing on? Um, to get yeah. those things. I'd also add to that um, to for for youth workers, um, for pastors, to uh, the, the one kind of phrase that came to me um, through that season <clears throat> was that we need to stay hungry. The um, when when a lot of times when bad things happen, when the situation changes for you, all of a sudden you're like, okay. I need to get after this. I need to do this. I need to do this. I need to get right. I need to, um, to read a little bit more. I need to get sharp. I need to start networking more. And, you know, sometimes when we get, um, when things are going okay, we get a little complacent, we get a little bit cruise control, you know, but then when, uh, when we feel like, all right, I need to get up, I need to get my, bring my a game. I need to get my stuff together. I need to get some, some good sermons online. I need to start listening to good sermons. I need to start, Start surrounding myself with good people so that the so that it can happen. You kind of you get hungry, you get hungry, you get the eye of the tiger. You know, you kind of get to where you like. I want to I want to bring my A game. I want to get on it. I want to get busy. I need to get moving. I need to to start networking. And um, it's a sad thing when we don't stay hungry like that. You know. So um, my uh, my 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 kind of phrase was stay hungry. When it's the good times. When you when you got a job when things are going well when when you're um just when when things are kind of settled don't let it be settled get after it and stay stay hungry and um because it's a shame that we don't take the full advantage of of our life while things are going okay yeah so when things kind of get rocked that we start to like Get up, look around, really get your ear to the grindstone and really get your ear to the railroad tracks and listen, what's God doing? Where's God moving? What's going to happen? But we need to stay like that, I think. So that's yeah. kind of one other thing I would encourage um, youth pastors um, and pastors, stay hungry. Um, keep your ear to the railroad track. 
of what God is doing and be sensitive to what God is doing. Stay in the word and um, don't get complacent. Yeah. You know, we need, we need the eye of the tiger, baby. Yeah. Tiger. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy definitely introduced me to Rocky and uh, a bunch of other great things. Um, so bro, thank Jeff, you so much. Yeah. You, can I ask you one question real quick? Yeah, please. Um, <clears throat> you used to work um, a long time ago at Chick-fil-A, right? <laughs> Do you work at Chick-fil-A? Bro, we are not doing this now. <laughs> Was there a story about somebody with... with their- okay. Hey, Jamie. Thanks for <laughs> hopping on today. <laughs> oh, man. We need like a, a blooper reel or just a side... I need to start my this own. Needs to be, this needs to be a video podcast because your face is really red uh, right now. <laughs> dude. I need to... I need to have my own little little show of just telling ridiculous stories that happened in my life. Uh, Jeremy was, was there for a few of them for sure. Yeah. Chick-fil-A <laughs> is the heart of many crazy things that no one w- w- would believe. And when I tell them that it happened, they said, was there a camera somewhere? There, there's no way that that actually happened. And it happened. <laughs> it happened. Well, dude, thanks again for joining me today. And I'll be praying for you as God uses you in your new position uh, to encourage students and guide them toward truth. Thanks, Jeff. You rock. That concludes today's episode. Thanks again to Jeremy for joining me. Uh, If you haven't already, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are streaming it and share this episode uh, with those who work in youth ministry or ministry overall. Uh, to realize that our hardship uh, and adversity uh, is used by God for our good, even when we can't see it. Uh, As well as every other podcast platform, you can also hear us on Eternity Ready Radio every Monday night at 6 Central. You can also visit us on social media uh, at Youth Ministry Maverick uh, or at YMM underscore podcast on Twitter and Youth Ministry Maverick on Facebook and Instagram. And you can also catch every episode, uh, our store, and other resources at youthministrymaverick.com. If you have any questions or would like to hear something on the podcast or even join me on the podcast, please reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. And so I want to thank you again for listening. And until next time, adios. Adios.